Workday's team in Dublin has been central to global product development and innovation since we first opened our office in Ireland in 2008. Today we have more than 1,800 workmates in Ireland with more than 80% of them working in research and development. I'm Patrick Evenden and on this episode of the Workday podcast I'm delighted to be joined by Graham Abel, Alan Crilly, Brian Montgomery and Caroline O'Reilly. We're going to be talking about Workday's growth in Ireland and what makes a career at Workday special. Excellent. Thank you all uh, for joining us today on the Workday podcast. Normally when we record podcasts, there's only um, one guest. So I'm delighted to to have all four of you here today, even if I do feel a little bit uh, outnumbered. Um, I guess let's start um, with you, Brian. So Workday's celebrating 15 years um, in Ireland um, this year. You've been a part of that from the very beginning. So tell us about how it all started and uh, Workday's, how Workday's changed in that time. Wow, yeah, well, it's it's changed a lot, um, as I'm sure you can imagine. So back then, we had we started off with just 23 people here in Dublin, and Workday only had 250 people globally. So um, I was trying to think about this earlier. Um, thinking about it in terms of buildings is kind of interesting, because Workday's first official building in Ireland was... Uh, in a place called Donnybrook, mm-hmm. and it was over a Italian and Chinese restaurant. And we had um, a mouse infestation <laughs> um, that final year there. Um, one of my last, last and lasting memories of that office was hearing a scream from the finance room <laughs> and finding um, our office manager and our CFO standing on their desks <laughs> because a, a mouse had just shot across the, the wall. I remember thinking I, there, there are that many mice <laughs> that they're pretty brazen about just wandering around in the table. More mice than employees. More mice than <laughs> Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. Um, you know, so so it was, you know, and even I remember um, once when I started working at Cape Clear, and this, that's how a lot of us here, and Alan, who, who's with us today, was part of Cape Clear. Um, you know, um, my first week in Cape Clear, um, we had a really warm day and my boss said, right, you've got a choice because the aircon doesn't work. So we can either leave the windows open and you'll feel cool, but you'll smell like you worked in a kitchen all day long because the, 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 the Chinese restaurant kitchen is one side and the Italian kitchen is on the other. Or we can close the, the windows and you'll sweat a lot. So she says it's kind of a, a question of perfume. So, you know, it's really surreal to think about that journey from those really kind of humble beginnings to, you know, where we are now in the King's Building and, and where we're going to go with, with Grange Gorman. But well, I was going to say, it couldn't be a bigger departure from where we are today. I mean, I haven't seen any mice today, but this is po- the, the room that we're recording in it is possibly the most air-conditioned room I've ever been in. Yeah, I know. Like, we actually have a dedicated media room. <laughs> it's really <laughs> incredible. And a, a fabulous building here in Smithfield, which we're very proud of. Um, and it's been a big part of, you know, you know what we've tried to do here. Um, um, back from, from the very, very beginning with those Cape Clear kind of days I guess as well certainly in terms of our beginnings in Ireland that sets us apart from a lot of other large technology companies that you that you find in Dublin I guess because we've got that I guess that that strong Irish connection through Cape Clear yeah well see 
what happened, if we go back in time, um, Workday um, at that time was a customer of Cape Clear and um, we, we built integration technology. Um, our founders, Dave and Anil, felt that uh, integration was a, a really big challenge in the ERP space um, and that it was strategically important for, if you wanted to be successful in that enterprise software landscape, that integration capability needed to be front and center. And what had happened before that was you you could buy a large, complex finance and HR system, and the integration piece was separate. And of course, you know, most of our customers have multiple systems, so integration is key to success. But it was sort of, it was carved out, and it's Mm -hmm. like, we'll sell you this finance and HR software, and oh, you need to integrate it, we can sell you this other stuff as well. Whereas Workday from the very beginning decided, look, no, this is our problem too. You, you, you need our products to integrate with all this other stuff and we're with you on that journey. So again, it was that, you know, if you think about that software as a service model, it's not just a technology model, it's also a partnership model. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of, that was what, what I felt was really dif- different. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's sort of, we stayed on that journey, right? Yeah. Um, all the way through. And what changes have you seen recently? Obviously, we had the the global pandemic, and that's changed a lot in terms of how people work and 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 the flexibility. Certainly, in terms of coming to the office and things like that. So, how has that affected certainly our our our, our location in in the King's Building? Well, you know, it was it was a pretty challenging time, and it was it was I found like personally, it was, it was really hard to see you know what we'd built just empty. Um, but I, I think what we did do uh, or spend a lot of time doing was thinking about how, how do we make this work? How do we look after first and foremost our employees mm-hmm. and then second to that our, our customers? And um, one of the advantages of being a technology company is that we had the underlying infrastructure to make all that possible mm-hmm. whilst remote. But we, we did lose something and that was um, that that culture, you know, I'm sure you, you're, you're over visiting from from the UK and you can feel the energy when you come into the building, right? Definitely. Uh, you know, and that's part of who we are uh, and part of our success, a big part of our success. So um, I think we, we spent, uh, we got through the pandemic. I think we did a good job of it, but certainly with the King's building and then with our future plans, it's really about getting back to where we were in that sort of very dynamic, creative space and, and coming in and having fun yeah. uh, as well as doing really, really good work and, you know, building relationships with people again. Excellent. Oh, you touched on our, our future plans there, uh, uh, Graham. So this this feels like uh, quite a pivotal time when it comes to, to Workday's presence in Ireland. Um, last year, we announced plans for a new European HQ at Grange Gorman. Uh, this year, we're opening new offices at Dockline. What's what's behind all that change? Yeah, well, at first, I think it's say it's just like it's been really exciting. It's you know it's 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 a huge uh, vote of confidence in in Workday as a company, but also kind of Dublin and Ireland as as a strategic site for that. And you know, I think some of this is just the mechanics of we've run out of space in this amazing building we have here, and so Dockline is an immediate response to that. Uh, it gives us more space. It allows us to kind of continue to grow, and as Brian kind of said, as we're kind of focusing on our that in office experience, making sure we continue to kind of provide the best experience possible. Um, we've had, I guess, as you said, like the kind of origin story of Workday in Ireland came from an acquiring a company that was 
like strategic and critical for Workday at the time and it's continued to be at that and Alan here was has been involved in the integration space for many years but like it's you know that set the tone of like really core important parts of the Workday system being built run managed owned directed from from Ireland and you know I think we've got Caroline here as well like our GM of analytics it's it's again it's a huge vote of confidence for the, for, for Ireland that we're seeing these global roles being here and continued plans to grow and continuing wanting to kind of make sure our employees are engaged etc uh, and really we see uh, with those folks coming back and with our really strong ties to our lo location here in Dublin 7 really that opportunity when it came up with Grange Gorman just up the road from us on a college university campus uh, just seemed like too good to be true to be honest with you like we we get to stay in the same area that we know and love, which we have deep ties to. We get to accelerate and probably have a broader impact by working with TU Dublin and their uh, skill sets, etc. And then we get to be part of a college university campus, which is what so many of our peers try to emulate in their own right. We actually get to kind of be attached to the side of them and build up that symbiotic relationship where we're kind of helping each other and the local uh, neighbourhood. I think, you know, we've in general, this area has been pretty disadvantaged. Local secondary schools are all what we class as disadvantaged. And so as a result, the kind of attendance rates in third level and particularly in STEM courses is low. And we are motivated to try and move the needle on that. TU Dublin are clearly motivated to move the needle on that. So it's, it's a huge opportunity ahead of us where we think we can have pretty long lasting impact on that local area. I think that's, like, uh, that's something that's quite purposeful about Workday in Dublin is the the way that it works alongside the community. Brian, can you tell us about some of the, the projects that, the, the, well, you and the wider Workday team have been involved in, in terms of the, well, the immediate uh, community around the office in Smithfield? Sure. We, we have a long-standing relationship with the Capuchin Centre. Um, they're literally just around the corner here. Um, and they do incredible work um, helping people who, who really need it, who need, um, it can be queuing up for food parcels, coming in and having a, a, a warm meal, um, and um, really, you know, helping people in our immediate community who are, who are struggling. Um, so we, we have volunteers that go in, they help prepare those food packages, they help serve meals, um, and we also have um, a philosophy of work they were our um, our workmates where they volunteer that we also pay for those hours and that that payment goes directly to whatever organization they're helping um so uh, but broader than that we we've um, we're very passionate about education um, and what that means to um, the community that we're in and, and the broader community in Dublin and um, we started working on the time to reprogram kind of pretty early on, um, that's through business in the community. Um, I remember being really struck um, when we started doing it, that um, we, we brought um, a bunch of the kids in here, and, and that, that's fantastic, you know, to see them coming in and, and be curious about what we're doing. But one of the teachers pointed out, um, it was a young girl, her parents, after she'd started this program, arrived at the school, and they said, look, we both really struggle with reading. And now our daughter is coming home for the first time and she's reading stuff to us. And, you know, we, we want to, we, we're blown away by this and we want to know what we can do to help the school. And, and the dad started helping out with the grands and mom started with helping with hot meals for the kids. So that ripple effect down into the community um, is something that we've thought about a lot, that even small things can just have this wonderful effect. 
uh, and we're very conscious that we're we're sort of we're the blow-ins and and you know the community's been here long before we got here it'll be there long after we're gone um so um we have to do all of this in a very respectful way and really listen to to what um the community needs um so some of the things we worked on the inner city partnership um working with uh, folks who've um, had to move here from the Ukraine and, mm -hmm. and who are trying to start their own businesses, um, which is incredibly impressive. Um, transition year uh, students from, uh, again, local schools, uh, schools that um, in terms of their uh, work experience don't necessarily have an, uh, an easy access into work experience somewhere like this. So opening our doors to, to these young folks is, is, you know, that's, that's, something that's gone really, really well. Um, Alan's going to hopefully fill us in on the great work he's doing with uh, TUD, but, um, you know, a lot of work um, going on through them and different community initiatives. Uh, and indeed, you know, um, as we think about our new home that mm -hmm. Graeme mentioned in you know, Grange Gorman, again, I think right at the heart of what we're thinking of doing there is the community and, and how we engage with them. Perfect. Yeah, I, I was going to say, in terms of, uh, presumably we'll take the approach that we've taken in Smithfield and we'll, we'll take the same approach in Grange Gorman in terms of the way that we engage with the community there. How, how is work at Grange Gorman progressing and, and what, I guess, what can employees, workday employees expect um, from our Grange Gorman uh, campus, but, but what can the, the wider community um, in, in Dublin expect from that? Yeah, so I think like it's been, for me, it's been a really interesting uh, opportunity to be involved in it. Like uh, I've been in the kind of software industry for most of my career and, you know, you're dealing with bits and bytes and kind of intangible things and to be moving to very much physical presence, like in a location, it, it it's a different set of muscles and kind of thought process you have to uh, leverage. And we've been really lucky with the, the team we've built. I'm working with some local architects and they've engaged um, some specialists in placemaking, as it's called, and really to try and understand how do we want to sit in that landscape and how do we want to interact with the stakeholders and who are the stakeholders. And so they ran a number of kind of uh, offline sessions with a group of folks from Dublin and from uh, the US in terms of what are we trying to achieve from uh, that, this new headquarters in, in Grange Gorman. Uh, and then we spent a couple of days actually kind of in a workshop process kind of working through that. And um, what came through really clear, it's not that we're trying to just have a, you know, a building for our employees to go and sit and work. It was that we really wanted to be purposeful about creating a, a permeable uh, element of this, that the public has access and we can interact and that we are providing kind of services and, and net good, you know, for, uh, for for the local community. Um, and so it's 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 an amazing opportunity because we're, we're designing from scratch rather than we've gone going into a building and trying to refit it. And so we get to decide where there's doors and where there's kind of barriers and stuff. And, you know, clearly there's stuff that is secret and important that we're, that's happening here that we need to protect, but not everything is. And how do we create that space? And so we're still going through that design process, but, you know, we're being very purposeful about making sure that there's there's community spaces, there's place for us to engage with kids, you know, whether that's, you know, maybe potentially a homework club or uh, some of the stuff that you know we're working on with TU Dublin around Tri Five, that there's space for us to do that, you know, in, in the in the in our building. Um, that there's kind of sensitive retail probably there that, you know, serves the local need but also serves our customers. Sorry, our employees. Um, and that we're probably providing incubator space for local businesses to step up and, you know, and, and to some extent, you know, extending on our history here, like when 
we moved into Smithfield into this building. It had been you know vacant for quite a while. The, the the leaders at the time you know made a very conscious decision not to have a full service canteen here, um, mm-hmm. and you know that was booking the trend, frankly, of a lot of the peers uh, globally and in, in Dublin. But the intent with that was that we would go out into the community and spend dollars or euros in the community and businesses would be able to survive in that. And, you know, most of the folks here have been here long, longer than me, but in the kind of six and a bit years I've been here, like the, the local landscape has radically changed. We've gone from like banks of empty units to kind of nearly all of them are full and we've seen a lot of construction and, you know, we've, I think as a company, we've had a huge part in that and we're moving a bit further up the road and it's not quite as well established from a commercial or retail perspective. And so I think we, we feel like we can be that flywheel is again for that, you know, for that area. So, uh, I think we're going to have a really important impact, I think in that, in that neighborhood, uh, going through the process has been amazing. Like myself and Brian, uh, took a tour up there probably 18 months ago and met with the, the president of TU Dublin and, uh, the, I think it's the CEO of the Grange Gorman Development Agency who's kind of overall responsibility for developing that campus and um, you know we were kind of just floating the idea of potential well on two fronts one that we wanted to have a strategic relationship with the university but secondarily there was this land that maybe there might be an opportunity for us to kind of to look to build on and you know they had ultimately veto rights on that if they didn't kind of like the look of the cut of our jib but they <laughs> they you know but they, but they knew about us right and not yeah. because we'd been you know we'd been some marketing campaign but they knew about our work with the Capricorn Center and like time to read and the local schools and our people doing all this stuff and so they were fully open they were like yeah look you you were turning up the way we want to turn up in the community you clearly care about the same stuff we care about and so there was an openness to kind of really exploring that and seeing if there was the opportunity and obviously it has worked out well and you know we're, but really what opened the door was our reputation here in Dublin 7, which I don't think a lot of our peers probably could have had the same position, you know, going in from that. So in terms of the tangible stuff, we, we're through those initial kind of design phases. We're starting into the planning process. We're in the middle of kind of starting the conversations with the council. And we hope to have kind of planning fully submitted by the end of this year. And, so, and fingers crossed, it goes well, we get a quick answer. And what do, what, what do you anticipate in terms of timelines when, I mean, you, we, I may not be able to tie you down to an exact date, but um, when do you think it's likely that we'd be able to open the doors and, and uh, Grange Gorman? I think we're probably t- talking about like a four-ish year process from here, probably a bit longer. We'll probably try and phase it so open one building and, and get and move folks in and then continue work on the second one so that... Uh, yeah, we can we can get access a bit earlier, but you know, it's it's a long it's a big building to build. We have to go through planning. There's a lot of work to happen. So yeah, it's probably about four years. I guess as well that speaks to as um, to Workday's um, overall uh, vision for the future. Certainly in terms of the role that that Dublin will play, but also in terms of their level of confidence. Um, in terms of their ability to grow over the next few years? Oh, 100%. Like it's a, it's a, an immediate vote of confidence that we want to stay in Dublin, right? We're talking about this long-term plan. The plan is to build a larger building that holds more people because we'll continue to grow. And it's, you know, the way we're thinking about our involvement in the community is on a long-term thing as well. Like we understand that we're, we're here for the long term and so we want to start making, like planting those seeds now to have harvest in a number of years' time. It's not just kind of tactical quick kind of hit stuff it's we're trying to build up a strategic case here and and kind of go after something that's probably a 5 10 15 year payoff uh, but you know frankly in our industry the only way for us to start moving the needle particularly on things like gender diversity and stem is for us to start getting in earlier and that by necessity is going to have a long payoff but we we have to do it excellent 
Alan, I feel like you've been name-checked a lot in this podcast already, so I, I can't ignore you any longer. Um, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Alan, Workday has a long-standing partnership with Technological University Dublin. As part of the news yesterday, we also announced €2 million Euros in funding to establish a new chair of technology and society, which I understand is a first in Ireland. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so this is a really important step in terms of deepening uh, the development of that partnership with TU Dublin. And as you say, it's a, it's the first chair of this type in Ireland. It's the first chair in the university itself. Um, and what it entails is uh, that we're hiring a senior researcher uh, to take the chair position. Uh, plus, we're funding a couple of additional uh, uh, permanent staff um, and co-funding a group of PhD students. So, what we're going to arrive at is is a very powerful and compelling research unit mm -hmm. um, that's going to be looking into that ever-expanding boundary between technology and society. Excellent. And, and what impact do you think that will have on Workday as an organisation? Well, um, I think the, the the important thing about this is that we're we're trying to generate technology research that really deepens our society impact, right? And I think you've heard that through uh, this entire conversation, that it's a major focus for, for Workday. It's really important to us, I think, that, um, you know, we're here to build a long-term, sustainable, successful business, but we also want to leave the world in a better place mm -hmm. uh, than we found it, right? Um, so the types of research, for example, that we looked at when we were putting the proposal together. We, we walked through a few potential themes. You've got things like um, the impact of technology on a more inclusive society and culture. Um, topics like the, you know, technology and the remote workforce or, or remote education. And one that's really, really important to us is AI and the workforce. And, mm -hmm. you know, anyone reading news will understand that that's every day that's more important. Um, so I, I think that this has the potential over the long term, a bit like some of the other investments we're making, uh, to really yield research results that, that make a difference. Excellent. And, and what would it mean, maybe not this announcement, the relationship that we have, what difference does that make if I'm a, a student at the university? Yeah, well, if you're a student at the university, obviously, um, there are multiple ways in which, you, you know, you're going to be able to interact with Workday. Uh, over the coming years. Um, in addition to that, the the research methodology that we're bringing to play uh, in this unit is a thing called uh, active research. And it's not a, an ivory tower, you know, the, the research unit goes away, does their work and comes back seven years later with, with some papers. Um, it's, it's very actively engaging uh, students in the college, the community, Workday employees will potentially have uh, have an opportunity to participate in it as well. So I would expect that uh, as 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 we build up the unit and we and we kick off the research, mm -hmm. there's going to be opportunities for all those stakeholders. Excellent, sounds brilliant. Caroline, tell me some of the things that the team in Dublin is working on um, at the moment. It might be easier, Patrick, for me to tell you what we're not working on because. We work on all aspects of the tech stack here in Dublin. We really are a microcosm of the California HQ. I really see us as a sister site, especially in terms of R&D. We have teams here working in our data centers. They work on Workday and Public Cloud. 
We have a significant investment in the office in security, which is foundational for Workday. We have teams building the infrastructure and services to enable Workday to grow to our largest customers. And we're always doing considerable research and investing in our user experience. So we have user experience labs here as well. We run design partner groups with our customers to make our products work, be work better for our customers. And then we're developing the products that you can touch and feel and that you love in Workday, our financials products, our HCM products, PECON, analytics, extend, planning, learning, recruiting, student. <laughs> so we're working on all parts of the Workday stack here in Dublin, which I think is really unique that we're given that responsibility to really build all of the products here in Dublin, which is great. And of course, Workday's core value is all around our customers. And so we have a number of customer groups here as well. We have customer support and services and sales also here in the Workday Dublin office. So, you know, you shouldn't need to wake up anyone in California. <laughs> and, and what about your role, Caroline? What, is, what are some of the things that, you, that you're directly involved with? Yeah, so my team, we're involved, uh, we run the analytics organization. So we have a number of products around enabling our customers to make to accelerate their decision making with their own data and workday and to enable them to bring, you know, it's 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 um, not normal now that you make your decision on just a very small set of data. You have to bring in data from lots of different other sources and you have to blend it and have to blend it in a secure way. So that's really important. You, you'll hear a lot about us in Workday always talking about security of the HR and financial data that we protect and then bringing in other data in a secure way and being able to accelerate your decision making on that data. And then we build products as well that enable you to see the trends in your data. So. You know, it's a lot of it's it's a it's a big lift to actually go and slice through all that data and try and find out where your trends are. So we have a product called People Analytics, which mm. will let you run over your workday data and it will surface those trends in your people data. Excellent. I mean, as I said, I think in the introduction, we've got more than eighteen hundred people working in Dublin now. Um, from your point of view, what do you think the perfect workday employee looks like? I can't believe it's, apart from it being you, is it, Brian? He's pointing <laughs> at himself here. <laughs> no surprises there. Um, I can't believe we're 1,800 people now, actually. When I joined, we were around 150 people in a very much smaller office. So it's, it's brilliant that we've come here now. I don't think there is a perfect Workday employee. I think in Workday, we're very concerned about everyone bringing their own uniqueness. And when everyone bring, brings a unique trait, we're stronger as a whole. So I think that's definitely part of our DNA. And part of our DNA as well from day one was really that diversity, right? So Anil and Dave, when they came together in the Truckee Diner 18 years ago to think about creating Workday, they really thought about diversity from day one. It has never been something that we've had to shoehorn in mm -hmm. into this company. You've seen that for the, from the very beginnings of Workday. And it's so important to us, diversity, that we've even built it into our products. So we came up with an idea called the Vibe Index, which is value, inclusion, belonging, and equity. And it's an index that shows you a measure of how you're doing on all those fronts. And we've built it into our products because it's that important to us. In Worthy Dublin, we're really proud that we have a lot of employee belonging councils as well mm -hmm. in lots of different areas. So we have the Black at Workday Employee Belonging Council, South Asian, East Asian councils, Pride at Workday, Women at Workday, people with disabilities and families at Workday. And we're, you know, we keep these very close to our heart. Um, it, there's really active communities in these belonging councils in Dublin. What I personally love is I love sitting upstairs and having lunch and then realizing I'm the only Irish person at the table. Like we have um, 67 different nationalities here in the Dublin office. There's so many different languages been spoken around the, the building. Like I really love that. Um, you asked me about what's unique. I think there are some things 
that are in common with Workday employees. And I don't think it's even just Dublin employees. I think we find this when we go and visit our sister sites. I think you'll find that we're all team players. Mm-hmm. I think Workday isn't a place where it's a solo run. You really are doing your work as a team. And I think that comes out as well in terms of the amount of people on our Slack chats that are, are volunteering or starting new initiatives or asking us to get involved in things. Like that's, we don't organize volunteering events. Like our workmates organize themselves to do volunteering. And I think that's because of the people who are in the organization. So I think another part of our teammates' core traits is that they're very ambitious. So mm-hmm. we have our own employee listening tool called PECON. And when you listen to PECON, a lot of the times it tells you that our employees really want to accelerate their career growth. And we see that in the numbers. We saw last year that 20% of our internal job recs were actually hired internally. And we really encourage people to be mobile within Workday Dublin and within Workday because it's great. You bring experience from one organization to another. So 20% growth and internal mobility is great. Um, We also see, we've talked a lot about TU Dublin and a lot of our employees are taking the joint courses that we're developing with TU Dublin as well. So we've developed joint courses in cybersecurity and entrepreneurial leadership and we're going to start one as well on ML and AI. And you've been quite modest there as well in terms of your own involvement. I know that you have you do a lot with, you mentioned the employee belonging councils. I know that you're quite directly involved in those. And, and as well, you've, you've done quite a lot externally from what they, in terms of encouraging women into technology roles. Is that correct? Yeah, I think somebody asked me recently when I talked to new hires, they asked me like, what are you most proud of? I've been here almost 11 years now. And I honestly think that working and being involved in the employee belonging councils has been my best experience because my eyes have been closed until I started working with the employee belonging groups and really understanding the challenges that other groups have. Mm-hmm. So I'm obviously a woman in tech and I care very passionately about that. And I care very passionately about younger women and really making technology available for all, not just uh, women, but like that it's, it's an amazing career and it should be available for all. So that's, that's a passion of mine. Excellent. Thank you very much. Now, Alan, what, um, what can an employee who, who might be setting foot inside Dockline or the King's Building for the first time today, what, could, what can they expect from a career at Workday? Well, my first answer to that would be to um, go back a few minutes and listen to everything Caroline just said. <laughs> um, because all of those dimensions are, are really important. And it's, it's a hugely multifaceted uh, place, to, place to join. Um, let, let me take it right back, though, to the, the founding philosophy of the culture of Workday. Because uh, Brian earlier on mentioned that software as a service is a partnership. Um, and it's a, it's a three-way partnership in many ways. Uh, you know, this whole business is built on customer satisfaction. Uh, it's, some, it's the key metric for, for Workday, and we value it very highly. But if you think about what goes into that, uh, Workday as a business looks after its employees. The employees look after Workday's customers, and Workday's customers look after the business. Um, and so the whole philosophy and how we approach employees is, is founded on that, that core premise. Um, so there are, a, a, you know, a couple of things that I would call out there, but they're, they're uh, glaringly obvious for, to anyone who's listened to the conversation so far. Um, one is that when you join here, um, you're joining a communal endeavor. Mm-hmm. Right? It's an endeavor to build, you know, a really successful, impactful, important company. Um, and at the same time, to leave the world a better place, as I said earlier on, to have that societal and communal impact. 
I guess as well, to, to that point about it being a communal endeavour, I mean, despite the fact that we said that, well, there's 1,800 people now here in Dublin, which makes it the largest office for Workday in Europe, it still has that, it still, you can still feel that sense of community here. It doesn't feel like a, a building full of 1,800 disconnected people. Absolutely, and at all sorts of levels. And that's largely down to um, all of those, the, the list of, uh, of kind of multifaceted initiatives that Caroline outlined. Things like the employee belonging councils, uh, our social clubs, our, our community volunteering, as well as you know, all of the business interactions that go on between the many parts of the business that are resident in Dublin, uh, just builds up this really, really rich kind of sense of being somewhere that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that's very important for anybody joining. The other thing I would reiterate uh, what Caroline said about bringing, your, bringing yourself to work with all of your abilities and interests. Um, Workday tries to innovate in how it nurtures you know, everyone who walks through the door, basically. Um, one really good example of that is um, our recruitment program for graduates and interns, right? Graduates, we call that Generation Workday. Um, we have a shelf downstairs that's so stacked with trophies uh, for that particular program that it was getting dangerous and we had to build a second <laughs> shelf. <right? laughs> Literally, it's got a sofa underneath it and we were worried that it was going to collapse and <laughs> actually do somebody damage. Um, so, you know, some, of the, uh, some examples of what that entails is that um, we have an accommodation allowance uh, for interns to make the transition to Dublin easier. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got dedicated intern and graduate focused orientation day. Um, we've got supplementary support throughout your first 18 months, um, including a lot of soft skills training, um, like speaking with confidence, for example. Um, and then various social activities to try and uh, bring those, give those people a, a strong peer group across the company. So you feel part of the the bigger business, not just isolated within at your desk or within your team. Excellent. Brilliant. Uh, I warned you as well, before we hit record on the podcast, I warned you that I had um, devised a game that would test your Dublin credibility. It, well, it wasn't created by ChatMeeting. It was created by me um, while whilst I was eating my lunch. Um, so are you familiar with the band Fontaine's DC? I'm, I'm handing this to Caroline. <laughs> so to test your Dublin credibility. I thought that was the question. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to, I have four song lyrics. I'm going to ask each of you whether that song lyric is by Fontaine's DC or Daniel O'Donnell. Oh, okay. okay. Easy. Easy, you say, Brian? Okay, let's start with Brian then. So, Brian... The song lyric is, I love you, imagine a world without you, it's only ever you, I only think of you. Don't, no cheating, Caroline. It's Fontaine's. It is Fontaine's DC. Very well done, Brian. Who's up next? Ooh, Graham, I think. Graham? Yeah, let's go. Here you go, here you go, Graham. I got a feeling you got a heart like mine, so let it show, let it shine. I'm going to go Daniel O'Donnell. It is Daniel O'Donnell. Two out of two so far. <laughs> Caroline. Every single day, my love for you keeps growing more and more. 
Daniel? It is Daniel O'Donnell. Three out of four. Uh, three, yeah, three out of four so far. The fourth for you, Alan. Well, is it liberating? Just to be so fine happens all the time. So I'll take a Beckett Rejoice question if you haven't had one. <laughs> but if we, if we have to do popular, popular culture, um, I'll say Fontaine's DC. It is Fontaine's DC. Very well done. Your Dublin credibility remains intact. Excellent. Thank you so much uh, for, for joining me today. Um, I think the conversation has been fantastic. Um, it's been great speaking with you and learning more about what the future holds for our team in Ireland. Um, that's all we have time for today. But if you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. And you can also read more on the Workday blog. Thank you for listening and have a great workday.